Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30, Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. So 15 games in the NHL today. Only Arizona and Vegas are not playing. Here's what's going on. Late in the first period, the Islanders and Senators are in a 1-1 tie. Seven minutes into the third, Penguins up 2-1 on Buffalo. Canadians beat the Sharks 3-2 in a shootout. Kings knock off the Ducks 5-2. Blue Jackets get by the Devils 2-1. Predators pound the Blues 8-3. Chicago beats Toronto 4-3 in overtime. Rangers win on the road 3-1 against the Flyers. Red Wings take down the Bruins 5-2. And still five more games coming up tonight. A couple starting right away in about half an hour. Flames against the Stars. And in a couple hours, Vancouver at Seattle. And right here on 6:30, Chad, this afternoon, you heard the call. Cam Moon and Bob Stoffer. Oilers over the Capitals 5-0. Three power play goals in the second period for Edmonton. Skinner with a 25 save shutout. Bob's coming back to Edmonton with the team. Reed Wilkins sitting in for him today. And we welcome back to the airwaves our NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. And John, I guess you could say the Oilers' power play was hot and Stuart Skinner was cool and net. Easier to do these shows after a 5 nothing victory, hey, Reed? Well, people are a little little uh, happier, and they don't want everybody traded and fired after a 5 nothing win. Yeah, although I think we have to be practical. There's a long way to go still, right? Oh, well, it's mean, a heck of a long way to go. And But you, could, you can see now uh, the residue, in my opinion, and I, and I heard uh, both the radio and the TV guys talk about it, the residue of that third period in Carolina. Uh, things started to click. They, Whether they realized that there was something that they had to do to work hard, and if they worked hard, they got results, uh, and they were full value for that hard work today. One of the, what, one of the key things for me, Reed, was the 4 nothing goal. And if you looked at the scoreboard at that point, it was Edmonton 4, Washington nothing, and Washington had seven shots on goal at that point. Seven! And that, to me, was probably the the best indicator of the improved play of the uh, of the Oilers. That was Drysital's uh, first power play goal uh, in the second period. Um, so that was what five minutes into the into the second period, and at that point, the Caps only had seven shots on goal. Yeah, 
Well, I, I mean, the Oilers, I, I, you know, again, they're, if you just look at pure shots on goal or the Corsi or some of the advanced stats that people look at, they, they haven't been that bad all year. And I think there was a certain law of averages that, well, we're still hoping it turns around longer term. But it, it, to me, John, it's yes, they need better goaltending. They, they need to make better decisions. And they got to play in a straight line, John. And, and I think about all the... And, and I know as, as broadcasters, you and I try not to use cliches, but sometimes, like, keep it simple. Like, get the puck in deep. Like, it's the same reason football teams, as much as uh, it's an air show in, in both sides of the border now, there's a reason they still run the ball. And teams with good running games still usually win, right? It's a reason why teams that can rebound in basketball still often win. There are some simple things that are, are reasons we have some of these cliches yeah and, and and simplicity also means being able to manage a scenario when you're up to nothing um, what they were unable to do um, in Tampa unable to do in Florida uh, they didn't even have a chance in Raleigh uh, but what they were able to do in that scenario uh, they weren't able to manage a two nothing lead and and they were able to manage that two nothing lead and nurse it through the end of the first period, and I think that that was another valuable point that they did. How many times have we seen the Oilers score a goal, uh, either you know improve their lead or regain the lead, and the other team comes back and scores within a short period of time, a minute, thirty five seconds. That did not happen today, and and that is building the proper type of momentum. And, and when, when you talk about simplicity, you also have to admit that this is such an emotional game, such a game built on momentum, that you could sense this team grow. The moment the third goal was scored, the Bouchard bomb from the point, you could feel that, oh my goodness, we're going to be up 3 nothing rather than being up 2-1. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was another growing moment for this hockey club. And there's no reason to think that they can't sustain this now, too. But they better not they better not take it easy for a while. They better not think, oh, Anaheim's coming to town and Anaheim's now playing back to normal like they did last year. It's, good, it's still going to be tough. Anaheim's going to be tough. Vegas is going to be tougher. Uh, and, and that's the, the long road that they're going to have to work on for the next couple of weeks. Well, Stoff mentioned it earlier, and I just had Frank Cervelli on the show from Daily Faceoff as well, and he said, really, the Oilers have to think about being 500 at the 41-game mark. I mean, they, they, and I've said this for the last couple of weeks. They will, if they make the playoffs, and it's quite a big if still, they will not be in a playoff spot for months. Not like FOR months, not the number four, but but like that's that's how long it takes to to climb. I mean, unless they do something crazy like win 17 straight, but the odds of that are are quite unlikely. I mean, this is they got to build, right? They got to try to win. Okay, six out of ten, or or thirteen out of twenty. I mean, that's that's the road back. It can't happen all at once. Well, and but road trips now can't be one and three. Right. Road trips have to be at least two and two, if not three and one. Uh, and 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 it's funny. In in all of this, we're talking about the players have to be patient with the with the process now. Not not patient on the ice per se, but patient. On you can only win one game at a time. I know that's a, almost a Yogi Berraism, but <laughs> you, 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 but you, you can only you can only get two points in any one evening. 
uh, and you have to, and you, and you, and you can't look too far down the schedule either. I mean, that's the other problem. I mean, I, I think both Frank and Bob are correct at being, you know, 500 at at, at the 41 game mark. Uh, but remember, let me, let me just remind you: this team in a 21 game span went 18 two and one at one point last year. 18 two and one. So there's nothing that's out of reach for this club if everybody's pointed in the right direction and goaltending is what it was like today. Yeah, solid game for Skinner, and they didn't give up a lot either, for sure. 5 nothing win over the Capitals. Uh, you can get more on the game on 630Jet.com, globalnews.ca. I want to remind you, some guests of Oilers now get gift cards to Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. John, uh, I, I, I want to throw something at you here. When I was uh, a kid and I would watch hockey, I never understood, and then, you know, I got older and I understood what a suburb and, and adjacent communities were. I never understood how why Washington played their games in Landover, Maryland, but I got to understand that. Uh, but I remember watching games in that rink. You know, the Capitals were on TV sometimes. They got to be a mm-hmm. playoff team late 80s, early 90s. I remember, remember last year you told me that story about lighting in NHL oh, rinks. Yeah. Wasn't that yeah. like a dark rink? Wasn't there it, something well, weird it, about it, that rink? It was the darkest rink. Yeah. It was the darkest <laughs> rink. Uh, and one of the reasons it was the darkest rink was that it had a video board in the middle of the ice, uh, uh, at Setter Ice. But it wasn't the typical video board that we see now that is LED or uh, plasma or whatever you want to call it. It was a projection unit. So basically, you know how you used to have the 106-inch uh, projection TV in your basement, Reed, or at least at least your neighbor, at, <laughs> right. at least your, at least your neighbor did. They had they had a four-sided scoreboard that ha- worked on four giant projectors that were stuck in the middle of the upper deck at at the cap center. Uh, but remember. When you use the projection unit, how does a projection unit, how is it most successful? When the room is dark. Right. So that's what happened. So all the lighting was strictly put on the 200 by 85. And the moment you went into the seats at at the cap center, it was dark. And it was all because of the projection scoreboard unit that they had at center ice. Okay. Well, that answers the question. And was that... Was it that rink or was it the Islanders' old rink? Wasn't there one of those where the the main camera was almost inside a blue line? Like no, it seemed was, really off center. That was, oh yeah, no, that was uh, Long Island. That was uh, Long yeah, Island. Okay. Th- well, and, and, and by the way, uh, it was also Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh really? I don't remember Ma- that. Okay. Maple Leaf. No, you know, because if you have a good cameraman, you can't tell. Right. And we and we had the greatest. We in Toronto at Hockey Night in Canada, we had the greatest cameraman in the history of the game it, it, truly he, he was he made everybody around him better uh, because he could actually frame the game and zoom in and tilt and pan the camera better than anybody else in the history of the game he was so good he, I think he went to 17 Olympics he was the game camera for Lake Placid he was the game camera in Nagano he was the game camera in a in a ton of of big events 
uh, all around the world when it came to being the number one hockey cameraman. He's still alive. He's in his 90s now. His name is Al Mountford. Lives here in Toronto. But he was, he is, and was a legend to the point where there was a few people talking about Al Mountford and his contribution to the game should put him into the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's how good he was. That's amazing. I'm glad you're telling the story and we're getting his name out there because, let's face it, the large majority of people consume sports on television. I I mean, I know there's season ticket holders, but even so, you're watching other games and you're watching them on TV, and that's a subtlety that that you maybe we wouldn't think of, right? I mean, you and I have talked about high def and the number of cameras, but don't forget about the quality of the human being operating it. Absolutely. Uh, and and when, you're a, when you have a good game cameraman, uh, Reed, 70 to 75% of that game is seen on one single camera. You can have 19 cameras in the building, but when the puck is going up and down the ice, you want the, the continuity and consistency of one camera going back and forth, and that's what this gentleman did, it, to the point where, and you're going to laugh, when I joined the NHL in 2006... Uh, to uh, to run the broadcast department, I hired Al Mountford, and we ran regional seminars, uh, six or seven of them in different regions of North America, to teach game cameramen the philosophy of what the NHL wants with that camera. And for a while it worked, and then when I left in 2010, um, they didn't pay near as much attention to it, and there are times now well, you'll watch a game in certain cities and you'll say, what is the game cameraman watching? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's too wide. And it, you're never, game cameramen are never too tight now because the flow of the game is they, they try to be safe. So they, they, they want to be as wide as possible and they just don't understand the game well enough. And, and it becomes a, to me, it becomes a, a huge issue that we just don't pay enough attention to the people who operate the cameras and operate the microphones and operate the videotape machines and give them an opportunity to, to do their job at the best. We just take them for granted. But that, but that would be a product of regionality, would it not? I mean, I think if, I mean, I, when I worked at TV and Lloyd, I'd have to go shoot my own highlights. So, yeah, hockey, football, baseball. But if you, if you said, okay, Reed, you got to go get cricket highlights, I mean, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, might, that might be the first, so some of the, if you go into some cities, would you, would you have camera operators that had never seen a live hockey game, or rarely? Well, the answer is, unfortunately, you're right, yes, particularly in the United States, where, and, and here's a really good example. I can tell of this at times of the year, uh, just be, uh, over being around the business for almost 50 years, I, I can tell at the time of year whether you're going to have a good game or cameraman or not. Be- because um, on a, a holiday weekend, like this weekend in the United States, uh, there'll be a ton of people assigned to games uh, that haven't done as many hockey games because the good cameramen are doing college football games, are doing extra NFL games, uh, they're doing extra NBA games during this holiday window to the point where, and don't laugh at me, last week in Toronto, I was watching the Maple Leafs play at home and I'm saying there's something wrong with this camera. There's something wrong with the game camera. And then it got me to thinking, why would we have an issue in a Canadian city about a bad cameraman? And the answer was, all the good cameramen were at the Grey Cup. Oh, of course. And, and they went to the Grey Cup, not because it was a bigger sporting event, but because when you go to the Grey Cup, you go for five days. 
and you get paid for five days, you don't get paid for one. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's, I mean, you have to put, you know, food on your table and you have to put money in the bank account. And that's exactly what happens. It's, but it's, it's one of those things where we take for granted cameramen and we shouldn't. They are, they are the, the, the final conduit between the puck and the consumer. And the league and the, and the networks and the, the teams should be in much better tune about what a cameraman sees, how he frames the game, how he frames the puck, how, how much depth do you have in the, in the shot. And you know what? If you've played the game, it's a little more, uh, it, it's easier to understand as opposed to if you're in, say, Raleigh, North Carolina, and the only time you see hockey is when you go to, the, go to PNC Arena. So what do you think is the most difficult sport to become an expert main camera person i mean hockey has the the is fast but i also think in football you don't know where the ball's going is it a five-year like, like, uh, i think i think baseball oh really okay i think baseball is the toughest because uh, i mean um you can spray you know there there are so many tactics in baseball you know you, you know when there's a guy on first you have to frame the catcher the guy on first and the pitcher uh, and it's all about framing and, and things like that. It's, it, it may be too intricate for the, the the Ched listener to think about what we're talking about. But, I, but here, here, just for the record, Reed, this stuff consumes me. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, and, and my friends, when I talk to them about it, they say, you're worried about that again? I said, yes, because if I can't see the puck, if I'm sitting at home, if I'm sitting at home and I can't see where the puck is, how can the guy who hasn't got a trained eye about the game see where the puck is? Because I know where the puck's going. I do all the time. I can, I can tell you 99% of the time what's going to happen. But the regular fan may not be able to. And so how do we expect him to follow the game, particularly in newer hockey markets, if the cameraman can't follow the game? And that's a real problem for me. John, love this, uh, love this discussion. Uh, we're going to have to uh, shut her down here so we can let you get back to your uh, your family and your your uh, shan den with the with all the sports. Uh, really appreciate it, buddy. We'll do this again on Sunday before the Oilers and the Ducks. Okay. Well, we will do it Sunday, Reed, and we will do it Sunday in person. Oh yeah, right. You're here. That's right. Yep. You you sent me those dates and I already forgot them. Yeah, thanks. I, I know I know I always make such a great impact on you. So yeah. that's good. See you then, John. Cheers. <laughs> That's our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cool. And that, I, I, that, I'm glad we got into that. That's a lot of uh, little details about the stuff that John thinks about and the things that go in to uh, presenting the game on our televisions. Hey, if you're looking for a great holiday gift, give the gift of travel this holiday season with a New West Travel gift certificate. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences. Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Reed Wilkins in for Bob Stoffer today. The Oilers have won 5-0 over the Capitals. This is Oilers Now on 630 Chet. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. And Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. 
Bob I am not Bob Stoffer. I am Reed Wilkins filling in for Bob today. Inside Sports is from 7 to 8. Dave Campbell's uh, going to do that show for me today. The Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Well, the Oilers uh, injured the Washington Capitals today with a 5 nothing victory. Dylan Holloway, of course, remains out for Edmonton. We got a uh, very special guest coming up. Russ Hewson, a former teammate at the U of A of Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch and uh, an excellent Golden Bear during his tenure there. That's coming up on Oilers Now.